Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast Halloween Edition. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shusko. We didn't have any scary names. You scary know, names, yes. Well, that, that intro was a, sort of a, like a scary intro. Do you guys do that I mean, thing? The, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, sure. just, that's just... You haven't heard it yet, but I will put that in there. Oh, I'm already... I'm terrified. Yeah, sure. Oh, that was bone chilling. Do you guys do that thing where you dress up while your kids are trick or treating dressed up? Do you do that? Do you do you guys dress uh, up for I Halloween with your kids? Haven't this year. I wouldn't be against it. My wife always has these great, grand ideas about you know like me being uh, you know John Snow and her being Daenerys and and our three kids being dragons or me being Shrek and her being. Are Fiona. you guys the Game of Thrones family? And uh, yeah, sure. And the whole family. And, it's um, a family show. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, we we let the kids watch it. It's lovely. No, that's, that's not true. Scary. That's not true. Um, but no. Yeah. Listen, we we've talked about these grand ideas. I wouldn't be against it, but but technically, I haven't done it recently. Okay. The fantasy stalker FC podcast. <laughs> oh, I like that. That'd have been a good idea if I had thought of that. If only we had said that earlier. Sure. Or changed our changed our our Do Twitter you, handle. Are, are to you that. a dress up? Like I saw pictures. Tonight is Halloween, in case anyone doesn't know that. We're, we are recording we're this recording on Tuesday on night, Halloween. Yeah. All hopped up on candy and Java from Joe Bean sponsor us. Thanks, bud. Delayed the uh, the podcast recording a little bit till after Halloween. I am worn out. Yeah, sure. I'll tell you what. Well, listen, your your kids, uh, Leah, your wife, crushed the costumes. Unless I'm not giving you enough credit for doing their costumes as well. <laughs> you know, you know too well. Okay. That had nothing right. to well, do I just me. <laughs> I realized halfway into it that if you did put some effort into it, I am totally stomping on your face and uh, that was not the intent. I would have owned it uh, if I had, but no, that was not me. Uh no, we've done adult parties where we've dressed up before. Yeah, sure. S- you know, Those Clark fun. Kent and Lois Lane, uh you know, the couple from Juno, stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Nothing nothing uh personally while my kids are tr- when my kids are trick or treating. I'm I'm lucky if I can keep them all together and not lose one. Sure, no, there's no doubt. We we had a, a function tonight uh, that that we went to kind of with the kids and and I actually had to leave early while my family was going to do the rest of the trick or treating to to pod tonight. Good but, escape. That's that's probably your best. That's your best move of of any Halloween ever. D- there's no doubt. But the one caveat to that is this: I have a friend. And I've, the last couple of years, we've gone trick-or-treating with them. Brian, you know him. Well, actually, you, you both know him. I'm not going to mention him. But bottom line is, in their neighborhood, this is kind of the thing, is the, the parents go behind the kids, as, as we all do, but they carry behind them a wagon with a cooler on it, and it typically has adult beverages in it and some waters in oh, case the kids get terrifying. thirsty. terrifying. So then, like, you can enjoy, the adults can enjoy and walk and, and have something to do while the kids are, you know, getting candy. I definitely came across some sloshed parents tonight <laughs> during trick or treat. Aren't there open container laws in this state? Yeah, but it's kind of shrugged off. It's dark. First no of all, really first tell. of all, a uh, little bit of uh, legal uh, knowledge your way, Brian. Okay. We are not a state, sir. It's a commonwealth. Oh, yeah. They're a commonwealth. That's in true. your face. Everyone Fine. in Britain right now is saying, "Shut the." <laughs> 
up and get to the soccer. Oh, We're worse than Men in Blazers tonight, guys. We uh, like you, Men in Blazers. They're awesome. So anyway, about the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yes. There's only a few Commonwealths in the United States. Come on, I'm not There's two. <laughs> What's the other one? There's the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I grew up in one. No, yeah. it is not. Yeah, it is. is it a Pen- Massachusetts? Okay. Well. There's three? I'm almost sure of it. Pennsylvania is a Commonwealth? Absolutely. Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, I stand corrected. I thought I was going to trivia quiz you during I the intro. I am looking at you two with the most... Brian, I, I am puzzled. If there's only a way we could actually find out, I'm not going to call you on it because I truly just don't know. I just didn't know that the state of Pennsylvania was a Commonwealth. It's not a state. I did not know that. Game week 10 took place this past weekend. We've got to talk about the fantasy implications. Lots of fantasy implications to discuss. So let's get right to it, shall we? The Fantasy Talker FC <laughs> Longcast. <laughs> Seriously. Let's get on with this uh, match. Brother Matt is let's shaking the, his head at us right now. Let's get to the let's get to the match. On to the matches. Manchester United won Tottenham nil, the lone goal from Anthony Martial, assisted by Romelu Lukaku. So let's talk about who wasn't in this match first. Injury yeah. news. Right off the top. <laughs> well, listen, of course we knew all this because the Phil Jones injury protocol told us that these we, injuries we were knew, going to affect the game. We knew that we knew that the same people were injury doubts uh, for Manchester United during the week, which Jose Mourinho was happy to point out to everyone that they can sh- they can just shut up about Harry Kane being injured because of all of the injuries that Manchester United has. Um, yeah, Harry Kane, the big surprise, uh, the big surprise injury Brutal. during Brutal mid- for me. midweek. Uh, we knew he was going to be rested for West Ham. That was near near guarantee, no matter what the status of his hamstring was. But as we learned later on uh, in the week last week, Pochettino and the Spurs decided to rest Harry Kane, which is oh, oh smart move. I mean, that it's good that they did that, uh, especially with Madrid. What will be today for most of anyone who's listening to this? That's right. For us, will be tomorrow. That's um, <laughs> like that wasn't confusing, but yeah, sure. I mean Harry Kane probably he probably changed the outcome by at least a goal. You would imagine because uh, no doubt there Son, yes. there was Son, Harry Kane Son, goals in this match. As good as much as we love Son, and well, as much as we love everyone else that was in here, uh, he just is not. He did not do what what they needed. And Lorente, right? Like, well, well, in other well, that, words, like, right? I think that was the question: is who was going to going to start? Yep. Son did. Lorente did not. Also, I mean, honestly, the rest of the starting selections for Spurs were were, I don't know. Davinson Sanchez, Dave, I see you pointing him on your screen. That yep. Sanchez did not start, and neither did Karen Trippier. Yeah, yeah. He went with Ria and and. Welcome back, Ben Davis. Ben Davis. After we ruled after all those know. weeks, <laughs> I know, and, and everyone bailing on him, and he comes back in, and and really, I mean, if not for one, just one um, lapse one of Eric one lapse Dyer of judgment from lack Eric Dyer, of I mean, concentration. It's all it was. Yeah. It's amazing in, in the game of football. One lack, one second, one misstep of concentration, and it can make it mean the difference of a game. Dave, did game. you did you think that? Um, did you think? that the lineup was a defensive lineup for Manchester United like you anticipated or did you feel like they went they went after this one No 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 I felt like it was a a defensive lineup like like I thought I thought Ander Herrera would start they uh started I 
I mean, technically, I guess it was three in the back with, with Jones, Smalling, and Bailly, and then kind of Valencia and Ashley Young playing wingbacks with with good. Herrera and Modic in the middle kind of clogging it up. That that wouldn't be – that wasn't a surprise. Um, so, I mean, I felt like I, – I just – I mean, for one player to mean the difference, like Herrera starting instead of Mata being the difference between an offensive lineup and a defensive lineup, I definitely felt like this was this was a well. I mean, it was a more conservative lineup, I would think. Yeah, I, I, to to me, I mean, I feel like that this was. I mean, you kind of knew what you were going to get. I think uh, it felt most of the time like it was just gonna just gonna keep going on and on to to nil nil and and one moment uh, again, uh, Lukaku saves everyone again. Everyone who owns him in fantasy, for sure, that assist certainly helped. Yeah, I just, I just felt like, like again, like it would have been one of those games if Fellaini would have been healthy, he would have played, he would have started and or and and or played and or come on after they had the one nothing lead brutalized him, but that was late. Yeah, in the midfield. What I wanted to ask you guys about, yeah, just because everyone is, you can see this. If I mean, since half the people who who are playing still have Lukaku, and I'm sure at least one of us on this podcast still has him. Two of us? Dave, you kept him? Uh, Uh, Kept Lukaku, yes. So he's been dropped nearly 400,000 times in the past three weeks. Uh, Lukaku is one of the most transferred out again. Uh, He's the eighth most dropped this week out of every player, the fifth most of all forwards so far. His scores in the three weeks that he's been dropping 400,000 uh, 400, owners are, is a two, a five, and a five. Not so, terrible. No, it's not. Um, and Jose Mourinho, I mean, this week, in addition to attacking the fans for being bad fans, which is hilarious, uh, has also, in that, also complained that the fans, the specific complaint for him was that the fans wanted him to, wanted Lukaku to be subbed, not Rashford. Whenever uh, Rashford was subbed the, off, in this the game. United fans love Marcus Rashford, and so he said his exact quote was, "For me, Lukaku is untouchable in my team, and I think he should be untouchable in the support and the respect that he deserves from the fans." I mean, I get that he, you know, there are some guys that are just nailed down in the lineups, and he's one of those guys. So, what I did to give. Uh, even the slightest hint of substance for this discussion. Um, it's This is pure scientific analytics, Dave, so can you play um, uh, She Blinded Me with Science, that, that old 80s? Oh, yeah, find sure. that, play that yeah, under yeah, all this. that's the kind of music that we need for this kind of thing basically all i did was i took all the shots that manchester united took pre pogba injury and post pogba injury. wow okay i'll just give you the totals okay because this is i think this just confirmed i mean but has he been out as many as he played is that is yeah that... we're past that point okay okay so he's he played the first four matches of the season before his injury Manchester United took a total of 78 shots in those four matches. Seems like a lot. It's a lot. Now, granted, that was the West Ham game, the Swansea game, Leicester, and Stoke. 
So at that point, not the, I mean, obviously, lo, like, low competition at that point. But 78 shots, 28 of those were on target, okay? After the Pogba injury, in six matches since then, they have taken a total of 69 shots, okay? Wow. And only uh, 25 of those were on target. Hmm. So a fewer shots, and but still similar in terms of where they're putting the shots. Okay, and then I'm saying that I think that this affects. I mean, we know that it's affected everyone. It doesn't take a freaking brain surgeon to see that they're different without Pogba on the Right. I'm just saying with Lukaku in the in the in the matches with Pogba, Lukaku took 20 shots. He took 20 of the 78 Manchester United shots. Since then, he has 17 shots. Lukaku's scores haven't dropped off a ton. He, I mean, obviously he had better games. He had scored more goals. He hasn't scored a goal in multiple weeks, right? Yeah, that's all going to change when they play Chelsea. This but he still is. He's still getting the assists, and and I'm not really sure what made everyone switch in the last three weeks. I mean, against Liverpool to not score, to all of a sudden drop almost three hundred thousand owners. You're, it's a great point, Brian. It's a great point, and to me, it's it seems as if Lukaku is making it possible to ride out this Pogba-less section of the season until Pogba returns, and you would expect his scores to go right back up through the roof. And well, but and, and we can talk about the specifics. I mean, Pogba's probably not anywhere near. But look at the matches that they have. At least in the next four, they and, get they get Chelsea away, which which on paper is not great, but Chelsea's only had three held three clean sheets, one of them this past week in all competitions this year. Right. And then after that, two home matches against Newcastle and Brighton and then the way to Watford. Uh, to me, the 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 fixtures are going to ease up definitely. I think the fact that everyone's been bailing on him for 3 weeks seems really odd uh, for a guy who still obviously has shown his quality throughout. There's never the been a point where he, where he, you'd say he's dropped off. Yeah, he's not scoring. He hasn't scored goals in three weeks. But holy cow, how many guys have gone three weeks without scoring a goal yeah. as a striker? It does a good bit. I mean, how many people look at their lineups and say, you know what? I got one free transfer. Lukaku's the weakest guy on my squad. I've got to yeah, transfer him out. I don't know. And my other question, Brian, was going to be this: Where are they going to? Uh, I mean, Mike. Well, initially, I would say in the last few weeks, they've been going to Sergio Aguero. Sure, but like well, this week. first, first to Jesus, then to Aguero, and now I don't know somewhere lower. I just don't think like that. There's not. There's only four or five sort of, you know, we can call them premier or top shelf, whatever you want to call them, strikers. Yep. I just don't know. With you know, people knew that Aguero was going to be out this week. They knew Harry Kane was going to be injured. I dropped Harry Kane just for one week, and I'll plan on picking him up next week for Jesus. Of course, it didn't help me, but you know, it's like. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't know where where you're going unless you just want to spend your money somewhere else. But yeah, I'll, all of that to say, I mean, I just think you look at the you look at the competition in the first four matches with Pogba in there. Yeah. I mean, obviously they were just cruising. Yeah. They were still mostly cruising after that because the last match that he played was that two two draw against Stoke. This match was a fantastic match. Both teams having chances. Lloris making good saves. De Gea making good saves. Both defenses playing well, um, and it was just a 
it just felt like it, one team's going to slip up. I mean, Robbie Musto called it at half on NBC when Rebecca Lowe asked him, or uh, Robbie Earl, it, she asked him, you know, what his thoughts were. And he and he said, "I just think United might get one one extra chance, and they're going to put it in." And that's exactly yeah. what happened. And Delhi, I mean, Delhi said like forever he's kicking himself. I mean, he had. Lukaku's header off the post, and Delhi's yep. and Delhi's like just completely wide open net that he that Tough he just shot, booted, Tough especially shot. in the slog. By that point, the rain. I mean, it was raining so hard. Yeah. Christian Eriksen's hair was flat. I mean, <laughs> it was that wasn't one of the most amazing downpours you know that you could probably play in. And um, yeah, I mean, the, obviously the big story for the match was Kane being injured. Um, Fantasy wise, no one. This I, to me, this doesn't. Much, I don't right? think it changes anything at all. And like we can say, so the two big guys. I mean, in this conversation, Pogba, of course, uh, Mourinho said this week, uh, "I have no idea when he'll return. I'm not in control of his recovery process. He's not training with me. He's on individual work. And when that's the case, I cannot predict. I would expect Marcus Rojo to return after the break because he is training with me." But, Paul, I have no idea. Uh, the harshest words I think that he could possibly give that he hasn't given already about Paul Pogba's uh, injury. And then it, it, it almost has a hint of when he was upset last year with like Luke Shaw and others because he didn't think they were tough enough. Like, I've had other players before that had their injuries and they, they would have played. And Phil Jones, I think he was talking about Phil Jones. Maybe that's why Phil Jones has played every match for the most part. Oh, <laughs> this Speaking year. of Phil Jones, nine more points. This yeah, week. all three I bonus know. points. Phil Jones continues to just chug along uh, that ankle. The what, best defensive bargain for the most yeah. part, I think, probably in the. Oh, there's no doubt. There's right? no whatever, doubt. Whatever they are keeping that ankle together with, good, good on Manchester United's physios. Injections, uh, weekly injections. And then today, the biggest, I mean, probably the biggest positive news for Spurs was that Harry Kane was training again. Yeah. Uh, In fact, he, there was speculation he's going to be be playing yeah, tomorrow against Assess pre-match but, tomorrow, but, or, you know, what would be versus Madrid. Pochettino says Spurs are really confident, but he also said, I don't want to say 100% because there's still one more day. I don't think that um, match means as much. No, no. And, I mean, no. I think all they all they care about is moving on. Yeah, you know, and I, they're going to do it. I sure. mean, those two clubs are already in prime position to advance. I yeah. agree. And, Aside and, from the fact that they're bringing Real Madrid into Wembley, and uh, they, you don't want to get embarrassed, but uh, Madrid is definitely down Bale, uh, and they have a couple other injuries too that are significant. So it's not Madrid's not walking in with a full, healthy. I mean, not, not big surprise. I don't think that Gareth Bale's injured. But what I'm saying is, right. it's it's not Madrid coming in there with a fully healthy squad. Yeah. And Tottenham, like hoping that they can have their best guy out there, uh, and you, I would think you'd probably see Urente again, no matter what, in in the home match. So, either way, the I mean, big deal I think is for everyone, especially Dave. You know, people, he's one of the top transfers again. Harry Kane. I mean, to me, the only words that can come after Harry Kane that would make me sell him are needs surgery <laughs> or has a missing leg right, right, right. or contracted well, Ebola. I you saw, know what I mean? Like, I, to I me, saw him it, this week, oh, but with the plan of just, I'm not going to make any other change. Yeah. I'm going to use that money right back and pick him up. Well, I mean, but week. how many people are going to do that? I mean, to me, you're, you're saving the money to probably put somewhere else. And I, I, 
I think a lot of people expected this to be longer term, and it's Absolutely. not. Harry Kane, could, I mean, he could play against Madrid. If he yeah. plays at all against Madrid, you'd have to say he's a near certainty for yeah. Crystal Palace. Right. And then automatically goes well, right they, back to yeah. almost ne- necessary captain. Yeah. So anyway, I just feel like it's a big, I just feel like it's, it's, it's not so much the selling, it's the getting back when it comes to Harry Kane. West Brom 2, Manchester City 3. J-Rod, Matt Phillips could not overcome goals by Leroy Sané, Fernandinho, what a waste, and Raheem Sterling. <laughs> Fernandinho, what a game. What? Goal and an assist for Fernandinho. and is That's in the, such he's, crap. He's, he just gets to be an additional top-scoring midfielder with all the other Manchester City midfielders. Well, but the, the dumb thing was is his shot was so poor. It's sort of like deflected slowly trickled in i mean it was uh, yeah it was a slow motion goal no doubt about it leroy sane highest scoring uh, midfielder yeah. in fantasy not only that highest score period right now it's yeah. very surprising he, to me he I mean, it he has be, he has screamed past christian erickson into first place uh and i would think too uh david silva and any of the other Manchester City midfielders are some of the most transferred out players also this week. I can't think of it. any other reason you do that unless you're switching to Leroy Sané. Leroy Sané's last five games, mm. he has one that's just in the single, single digits. I'm not sure I've ever seen this, this scoreline before, yeah. fantasy in a five-game stretch. 16, 3, 12, 10, 12, and 12. Yeah. And a 13 a couple weeks prior to that. That is insane, man. Yeah, Yeah. it is. But you look at his minutes, too, and the minutes are 90, 83, 90, 90, and 90. Yeah, I can't imagine that it stays like that. We we said the same thing five or uh, two or three weeks ago about Raheem Sterling's five straight starts and five straight 90 minutes. And we were right. Uh, Hey, we got. We were right about Jesus this week. That was my and favorite we, thing that we did last week. Was was it was our best up. call? Yeah. yet no result. I know Thanks, it was. Jesus. Yeah, it was. A, it it ended up blowing up in everybody's face. Were we right about Sterling? I thought we were right about Sterling. Even if we were right about you, Sterling, we were wrong about Sterling. He scored seven points I this know, past week scored, at twenty nine minutes. He comes in for, for further proving my point that it doesn't really yeah, matter who starts. Yeah, uh, he comes I in for thirty five seconds. I mean, you're right. I hate that you're right, but you're right. Thank you. Um, I think in my in uh, fantasy strategy backfire news uh, to continue this thing. <laughs> uh, my my big debate this week was to take you know to to improve my defense and so what i did was i you um, picked up john stone i took a minus uh which is already bad strategy uh, <laughs> i took a minus to go from uh Mbemba in my defense who yeah. is not playing for newcastle no he's probably not. Is not going to see the field again anytime soon and i i went to otamendi i thought oh this is great and is going to score zero i know that for sure Right. There's no way Otamendi scores zero. Sure. He's at least going to get a point. <laughs> ah, worst case, he'll get one. And no, he got zero. He got a zero, Brian. Uh, he had a yellow, yellow card. card. Yes, he got a yellow and card. They conceded two goals. Two goals. Conceded. And that yellow card now gives him one yellow card away from... Uh, a suspension, he has four which would be on another zero. Which when is that a, happens. which is a which is a guarantee <laughs> that he will pick up another yellow between now and December thirty first. It's impossible that he won't. So, I mean, 
it's just one of those things that on paper it looked like, oh, this is great. I love this move. And then uh, as Jay Rodriguez is is blundering a goal in, uh, which is amazing. Well, it's funny you say that. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember both of the goals going in right in front of Ederson. Uh-huh. I seem to avoid no, contact Scott, both times. I was times. about to say that. The first one, he definitely hesitated. He did not come out and probably now, he got, should he's have. He's taken yes. some shots. Yeah. He's taken some shots this year. I don't remember specifically, but I remember he's been abused a little bit inside his he's own. He's not league. a good goalkeeper. Well, that's you're a talking about Mane. He's still having flashbacks of Mane's boot. The only reason yeah. why Ederson is even starting is because the only, his only competition is Bravo. Well, that's true, but that doesn't mean he's bad necessarily. He's... He's not world class. He's not. He's not even top five in the Premier League. But he's not bad. Let me tell you, Nick Pope stops both of those goals. Well, I want to talk about him when it's time to yeah, talk. Yeah, we'll about talk about Nick Pope plenty. But Ederson definitely avoided contact, and it helped lead to both. Joe Banks Hart goals. stops both those goals. <laughs> wow, <laughs> goodness. Um, something that I know Fantasy Premier League is is talking about right now because they, you know, in one of their kind of post-match, especially about this and their reactions was to point out what is true that so many people are bailing on the midfield to get to Sané, but you know, David Silva is paying a particularly big price in the selling there. And just as a reminder from uh, the FPL site themselves that they said that Silva's played the most minutes uh, and has been the most consistent starter of all of the midfielders everyone else has been rotated at some point but silva's minutes are the most david silva missed uh, a header in this game he should have scored on a header true. this game um and and like i feel like we've been saying this a lot silva and de Bruyne are the are the motors here uh yes. de Bruyne is de is, we've talked about quality from him because his quality is is at or near the top uh, of anybody here but those two together are the most consistent, the most consistent minute getters, and their scores are great. I mean, this is not. I get that Sane has raced to the lead, but but it's it's on the backs of literally like at least fantasy wise a record setting. I mean, fantasy look, pace. look at the look at the transfers in this past week. Everyone, everyone picked up Aguero. Everyone was racing to Otamendi or Stones or maybe even Kyle Walker. Everyone was racing to get Sterling or 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 Sané or Silva or even De Bruyne. And only one of those guys, two, if you, you know, I think anyone who has Raheem Sterling going into this match sees the, sees the starting lineup and says, crap, what did I shouldn't. just do? They shouldn't, I'm telling you. Be patient. Wait to see when they sub in and, and see what can happen. Sure. Obviously, Sterling did that once again this match. Hey, it's th- not about the first 11. It's about all 14 for Man City. What are we speculating that Pep's going to do this week with Aguero and Jesus? You're going to have to wait and see what happens on their midweek roster. It's another Champions League week. week they have a uh, game. Mid-week. Well, as everyone's listening to this, if, if they're listening to it on Wednesday, they have a game today. Yeah. We're obviously recording it Tuesday night, so... You're right. We're going to have to wait, Brian. We don't know. Bournemouth nil, Chelsea won, the lone goal, Eden Hazards. Scott, are you now thinking about buying Eden Hazard? Not a chance in hell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 5.2% ownership on Hazard seems impossible to last. I can't imagine that that, that continues very much longer. Uh I feel like similar things were being said about 
uh, Alexis Sanchez whenever he first started picking it up a little bit uh, in the past few weeks, but uh, I don't think he did anything in uh, in Arsenal's match this this past week. But uh, Hazard just seems like uh, he just seems like one of those guys. It's gonna you know you're gonna have to commit and and get him back in there and just leave him or just ignore him altogether and put your money elsewhere. Yep. Uh, I I can't imagine that you're gonna be wavering back and forth on owning him than not owning him he's gonna have so. to show me a lot before I, I will think about owning him well he's shown you two good weeks so i mean it's and it's certainly it's certainly in there but and uh we don't have to jump way ahead into the injury into the injury roundup but angolo conte uh, they're they are hoping that he can be back before the international break uh, and you would say that that cert- nearly certainly means he'll be back after it. I mean, I just feel like Eden Hazard back up to speed, uh, fixtures that are that are becoming kinder, and uh, a healthy midfield, and then Morata and Hazard getting more time together could be good. Could for be. Them. Yeah, there's but. no doubt about that. Uh, speaking of, um, well, actually, no, this is the exact opposite of what you're talking about. Things could be good. Jermaine Defoe subbed off at halftime, a tactical decision by Eddie Howe. Yeah. Maybe the disappointment of the season I to this point? It's, Absolutely. He's way up there. Jermaine Defoe? Well, at least two More cherries. Hazard. At least two cherries could be could be on that. You want to put Josh King up there too? Yeah. Yeah. Two guys who you I mean you just hope based on last last season's form and then uh what looked like good opportunity. I w- I was gonna ask the question Is Bournemouth so bad that their fixtures are irrelevant? Their fixture list in the next six weeks or so is very good. This week, we learned that not only does Josh King had, not only has he had an illness, but he picked up a back injury. That was fun to find out. Mm. Uh, man, this is like its own miniature injury roundup because Junior Stanislaus, just as we're singing the praises of Junior Stanislaus and welcoming him back, subbed off at 62 minutes with a groin injury, already had hernia surgery. That's what his surgery was this over the summer. The Bournemouth Echo reporting that Ed, Edward Howe feels that uh, the injury is very serious. Has he aged enough to be I'll, Edward? I don't know. I'm gonna he come is up, going to age this year, that's for sure. I'm going to come up with a name for players like Junior Stanislaus Danny Welbeck, Daniel Sturridge, guys like that Shakiri. who can just never get like two or three starts in a row. Well, Shakiri, before something happens to them, like there has to be a name. We have to call them something. Definitely looking at extensive time off for Junior Stanislaus. It's just, it's just. I mean, that is the story of like Welbeck, Wilshire, Sturridge's career, right? You you finally get healthy, you come back and play two or three games, and then boom, there you go, a completely unrelated injury. Benicophobi injured at 74 minutes. Edward Howe says it may be a cramp. <laughs> like you said, Jermaine Defoe subbed off at halftime. The only positive out of all of this is that Callum Wilson got 16 minutes. And it seems like they're like it's like they need that guy. Yeah. And which is which is the probably the worst thing you can say about a guy coming <laughs> off of back-to-back ACL tears. Like I'm just saying like they've got a string now of 6 uh. in a row. Where you just, if you see that on almost any other team, you would say, yes, give me some of that. Well, and I just don't know that it matters. And, but Charlie Daniels is seems like this is a time where he could really shine. His price is already down off. He's, I think he's 4.9. He's probably, he could potentially drop further than that. 
you just think like that guy's a bargain in the next six weeks if they put it together. But when has it mattered up to this point? No, I yeah, that, that's absolutely right. That's that's a huge gamble. I mean, I look at the fact that they're going to Newcastle this coming Saturday, and I look at that as as an opportunity for Newcastle players, yeah. not Bournemouth players. Well, and and, and so Brian. Just kind of clearing up exactly what you just said. Their yeah. schedule over the next six weeks: Newcastle at Huddersfield. Well, I'm sorry, forgive me. At Newcastle, Huddersfield at Swansea, Burnley, Southampton at Crystal Palace. That's a great schedule. Here's no, the nothing, deal: nothing they about are, it that's that is that is terrifying. It's all those are all like toss-up matches the, the whole way down. The, listen, here here's my concern for Bournemouth, and I am absolutely team up the cherries. They have seven points. They're three points ahead of Crystal Palace, who are in last place. Okay, if Bournemouth doesn't make up some points in these games, more than just draws, they need to get two or three wins in those games. If they don't, my concern is this: after that stretch of games, they're at United, Liverpool, at City. They're going to struggle getting points there, and and I just. You think? I, yeah, a little well, bit. Well, listen, they should have beat City, right? Or at least drawn City earlier yeah. in the season. My point being, Bournemouth, this is a part of the seat. You cannot go into the back half of the season now needing 20 points to stay up. Yeah, especially because you're already dealing with like nearly constant injuries to the players that have mattered the most to Absolutely. the squad in the past year, and your and the guy that you thought like this is this is going to give us a, new, a kind of an extra dimension in in our attack, and then you're going to go into that busy stretch over Christmas with with a bunch of guys that can't stay on the field because they keep picking up injuries. Like yeah. Junior Stanislaus ma- makes a difference for them. Like Ryan Frazier and, and Ibe and all these guys, like they need those people out there. And it, they're just, it's, it's so weird. That it just seems like they're still figuring it out. And I just don't know who you can count on in that entire, on the entire team. Before we move on, I am on Murata should have had three goals in this game. Very good chances. <laughs> He is at a 10.2. I would rather own him than Jesus. I know that probably sounds crazy moving forward. I think he has a, I think he has a ceiling, a higher ceiling. Well, Mar- what's what I was going to say? I think he does. Well, Murata, though, he, he's not, he's not, and there's nowhere near the same rotation risk with him. Exactly. Th- no, you're I mean, exactly it, right. We don't, he's not, uh, we're not, he, he doesn't fall into the pep zone. Like, oh, God, what's pep going to do today? Is that a thing? The, 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 the pep, pep zone is... I don't know. I'm, is, I'm, a, I, is a good zone? No, you don't want to be in the pep zone because oh. there's a bunch of uncertainty there. Okay. Right? I want to give Bournemouth fans a glimmer of hope before we move on to the next match by saying that in order to have a stretch of six matches in a row like this, that means you've got to have played a lot of tougher matches already mm-hmm. to this point in the first ten. So maybe maybe you can account for their poor place in the table by saying, eh, maybe it's been kind of tough to have six matches in a row coming up like this. But looking at it in the bigger picture like we like to do, the very fact that those next six matches are coming means the time is now, like you were saying, And, Dave. and credit their happen. performances at home. I mean, one nothing. I mean, that's that's some guts against Chelsea, so yeah. good on you. for Especially without a forward who can play for more than <laughs> right. 20 minutes. Arsenal 2, Swansea 1. Come on, you gunners! From the tank and that mother celebrity killing son of a Aaron Ramsey. Uh, maybe this was the, maybe this was like, maybe, maybe it was like the 
the cosmos was anticipating this, and that's why Fats Domino died. I agree. Robert Guillaume with the last goal and Fats Domino um, with this one. Mm. Cole Sheenitz had a game. He did. He had himself a right game. Right when we say he, he got himself an injury, him, but he right? had himself a game. So Actually, I'm, I did I'm, not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we said sell him. No, we didn't. But Brian was asking no. for more. He was like, no, when, me, when yeah. are we going to see more from him? Dave, last week we talked about how it felt like we could sell him, but you look at his points, and they were too good. There was right. no reason to. Right. And then all of a sudden he goes in and gets a goal and an assist. Made me happy of that, course. that I did not sell him. Along with the other eleven point one percent. Well, to your credit, Scott, what one of your mantras is when you have good players, just be stick patient with them. them. Be stick patient. You were patient with Kolasinac. That's right, and it paid off. Absolutely, well, that's, that's the thing. It's all about the patience. If you you had no reason to buy him if you didn't own him, but if you already owned him and stuck with him, you rewarded big time. And that's where we come to the Kolasinac conundrum. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna. Bring something up about this. So, so he picked up a hip injury. It's the same one that he had over the international. Okay, break. this is one. This okay. isn't one I was gonna say. He was subbed off at seventy-seven minutes in this match. Yep. Uh, now the which last is, international break, which he is was, rare, he usually doesn't get subbed off. If he was he a doubt coming co- coming back from the last international break, but he they, he recovered in time and ended up playing after that. So, to me, at six dollars, is he too expensive? To sell if you have him or get if you don't, is that the exact amount? Especially given your other options below, just below him, and then I would say like half a dollar or so above him. Like, if you already have him, do you really want to get rid of him at all now? And then if you don't already have him, given the upcoming matches plus this this injury i know it's a, a, like it could be could turn into nothing plus his price is he really that is it is he that valuable that you want to go get him he is he is a standout performer in that back line for arsenal it's one of those things where when you have a defender like well, hold on in, in real life for fantasy scoring in real life okay he stands yes. out in real life i, I agree no, more than nacho yeah, and, and and in a way, he has Dave. Do you feel like he has surpassed Bellerin in that regard? I think he's been more impactful this year, but Bellerin still uh, has not made the. Uh, I don't think Bellerin is is a great wing back, and that's what he's been playing. And Kolasinac is. Here's the question. Here's the question for you guys, because right now Monreal, I recognize, has the same overall points right. as Kolasinac, but starting this coming weekend through the rest of the season, who is going to score more fantasy points, I would, Monreal or the Tank? I would, I would, I would put my trust in Kolasinac. Brian? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Nacho gets no goals ever and then comes up yep. with two yep. in pretty quick succession. Exactly. Doesn't I agree. Doesn't seem like that's going to keep going. Kolasinac's crosses are awesome, and that's why – he picked out Ramsey for the Ramsey goal. That's right. I'm just saying, like, at in the lower range, guys like Kieran Trippier, you know, that are that are a little bit less, who are going to play less than Kolasinac, right? It's so, healthy. So, so many people, I'm sure, I'm, I would, I would assume, especially when Nacho picked up those couple, like, had those couple big games. That's a very natural swap for people who own Kolasinac to just save a couple, save a half dollar, yes. and I would feel- drop to Nacho. And just take Nacho's points, yeah. whatever now, they are. I would also say this, but right now, I would, I, if 
I would drop Cole Sheen. It's and if you if you had a free transfer one week and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use it on anyone else. At least for the next couple weeks, the next three weeks, Arsenal's got they're at City, then home to Spurs, then they're at seventh place Burnley. So their stretch is not easy for the next three weeks. Right. So you could drop him and pick up someone else for the same money amount and or a little bit less, or or if you have a little bit banked, a little bit more. Um, right. I mean, so I mean, if you have the if you have the extra point six or point seven or what it is, or whatever it is, do you go to Aspilicueta? Is what I'm saying. So there. I mean, to me, there are guys that are that are around that area. I don't want anyone who is right around his same price. I don't want Odomendi instead of Kolasinets. I don't want Ben Davis instead of Kolasinets. Right. And you're asking a lot for somebody to be able to basically trade up. By transferring in Valencia or Espilicueta, so know. what we've established is this guy's only owned eleven percent. Yeah, he's not a guy that is like I must own. Correct. Right this minute. Yep. But he has fourteen point capability. Right. And and we might see that score again this season. I think we will. So, I, I just think. You gotta stick with him. Right, you're almost I, stuck. It I, is a conundrum. He is one of those guys that I've looked at him for now probably four weeks in a row, or <laughs> since the time I brought him in, and I just thought, you know what? I don't know if I really want this guy. And then I'm like, I think he's still pretty good. And then the week like this happens, and it's and you just say, all right, well, I'm glad I stuck by it. Anyway, looking, I just wanted to ask. Uh, that's a great, great point to bring up, and I'm in good discussion for our pod. Looking at things from the Swansea perspective, before we go back to the Arsenal side and give Dave his Arsenal moment. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, moment. I was going to say I, we haven't even really talked about them, and we should. Oh, I well, we're 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 about <laughs> done here. Uh, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, more points. A beautiful assist. Yeah, beautiful assist. Fantastic. To Sam this is Tammy's team now. It Gil- is Tammy's. Gilfie team. who. Yeah, wow. absolutely true. Good call, Brian. It is guilt. It is. Guilty. I mean, I know it's not like for like, but still. No, Tammy Abraham is legitimate, especially at the price uh, that he's at. What is it? Five, five point. Yeah, six, yeah. He's going to go up. He's going to go up. But even still, he's going to be. I mean, if you make him your third striker, no matter almost who your third striker is now, and you don't have him, you're probably going to save a minimum of three dollars. Yeah. Uh, Dave, are you going to talk about Aaron Ramsey in your Arsenal moment? No. Well, go ahead and give us whatever you have for us. In a segment we like to call, hey, Dave, why don't you tell us a bit about Aaron Ramsey? (laughs) Tell us something about Arsenal that we don't want to hear. Well, Brian, funny you would say that about Aaron Ramsey. We did. I feel like you brought him up a week ago, and you're like, Dave, should I be keeping my eye on Aaron Ramsey? And I said, I don't know. Uh, We'll see. But, man, the last two weeks, Brian, a 12 and a 9 – and he's finding his—he's finding and picking his spots a little bit more. He's thirteenth overall in midfielder scoring. He's creeping up there. And he's only seven dollars. There's no way that seven dollars stays like that. Is he the? He's only five point two percent owned. Is he the budget midfielder that we've all been dreaming of? No. <laughs> well, I mean, <clears throat> around his price is Zaha still is like a six point seven, six point eight, right? Yeah, Zaha went up a, a tenth. So, I still like Zaha in that position. Arsenal's schedule coming up is difficult. Here's the other thing I know. Uh, you know, Wenger has a lot of faults. I think he has a lot of uh, positive attributes as well, believe his, it or not. His biggest fault and his greatest attribute is he loves too much. 
<laughs> One of his greatest, you know, again, your your greatest strengths oftentimes can be your greatest weaknesses. But his loyalty uh, is something that, again, can be advantageous. But when Ramsey's healthy, he's always he's always played. It's the same thing with Ozil and Sanchez. And obviously Sanchez plays regardless. But if Ozil and Ramsey are healthy, then they play. And that's just – it doesn't matter who else is around or what else is going on. And if he's healthy, he's going to play. He's been playing well. And, and Ramsey's the type of player when he gets – when his form continues to pick up, it doesn't just completely drop off. It continues yeah. to build. Those three seasons ago, the, he was one of the top midfielders in all of fantasy scoring. And I remember Brother Matt and I, we, we reference this all the time. Brother Matt would always said like that season, if he just would have Captain Ramsey every week, it, he would have destroyed everyone in the in the league that year. But, you know, sometimes you just jump around and move things around. He has that type of potential. It's not like he's aging out. I don't know his exact age, but I think he's just 26, 27 maybe. So it's not like age is catching up with him. I think – I don't know what to think, but I, I do know this. He's gotten two bonus points each, each of the last two weeks and has a 12 and a 9. I think going forward at 7.0, it, it's not a bad play. You look at, well, the, the competition coming up against City and Spurs – is is not great and no. Burnley. No, it's not. Um, I'm not going out to. I'm not going out to buy him. I, I would probably like to see a little bit more, but I don't own any Arsenal players at the moment either. Huh. So there are two reasons Scott, why you, Scott keeps shaking his head. He's just waiting for me to stop. So oh, that's absolutely true. I stopped listening a long time ago. I was just yeah. waiting for you to take a breath. Sure. There are two reasons why I will not buy Aaron Ramsey. Number one, it is the schedule coming up. I don't see him getting forward enough to be able to have opportunities to score goals. Number two. How much longer? I'm afraid that if I buy Aaron Ramsey now, he'll then hit a run of twos and ones for about four no, or five I weeks. Don't, I don't, I'd, I'd be surprised if that happens. Now, I mean, with the upcoming schedule being considered, I mean, if you, you know, but I don't, I'm telling you, once his form starts to pick up until he gets injured, he typically stays up there. Can I give you a Scott stat of the day? Absolutely. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. The stat is the number 30. Okay. 30. Is that the number of times Mesut Ozil smacked Dave right in the cojones after another assist <laughs> this week? Well, I want to get to that. Go ahead. What's 30, Scott? 30 is the number of goal-scoring opportunities that leads the Premier League so far this season. Two gentlemen have created 30 goal-scoring opportunities. One of them is Kevin DeBrowna. And the other's Ozil, isn't it? Who is the other? It has to be Ozil. It's got to be because it because we've dogged him a lot, and I have dogged him a lot. His underlying stats were good even when he was sucking. It is Mesut Ozil. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I guess that's why he keeps playing. The The fact that he got an assist on a, sh- a deflected shot is the biggest <laughs> in-your-face that's ever happened. It is. That is so ridiculous. You buying him, Dave? Uh-huh. Was this your Arsenal moment? No, no, oh, no. Oh, wait, no. I asked the question, and then Dave gave, or Scott gave that stat. What, what so. gets lost in this is Lacazette's back heel to Ozil, who then kind of fumbles a shot, deflects, and then Kolasinic just hits a blast in. Arsenal was awesome this match. I mean, they weren't really that awesome, but they dominated, dominated, dominated this match. That goal for that Klukas had came out of nowhere. Honestly, Czech made a bad play. He should have just sat back. He got five 
Yeah, I know. It was a sweet five hole by Klukas. Klukas. No, no, I'm not taking anything away from Klukas' shot. But what I'm saying is, if if Czech just stays back and guards his near post, Klukas didn't have an angle. His only shot was to kick it through the legs That's directly exactly at him. Right. Yep. And you know, it, in other words, it was kind of a soft goal to give up. But whatever, man. Um, you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. They figured out a way to to win it, and they did. Liverpool three, Huddersfield nil. Second half goals from Daniel Sturridge, Roberto Firmino, Jorginho Vinaldo. Of course he did. Of uh, course. Firmino, I was not patient with Firmino, and here he is scoring a goal. Who was, though? Yeah, but, Scott, I question if you should have been, because how long? This was only a matter of time. As well, soon as it happened, Scott, I thought his to myself, last, of course. He scored in match week three. And it was bound to happen four, at some five, point, six, seven, eight, nine. You had to go six match weeks until he scored again. My patience, I already held on to him for way too long. Well, patience is being tested everywhere because he's the eighth most transferred in this week. <laughs> kind fixtures and a goal, and now everyone is back on him all of a sudden. And here's the other thing, too. He's also the eighth highest scoring forward. You're going to have to own three. He's eight and a half. Honestly, it, I'm not saying we were wrong because we were right. He I, was terrible to own. I'd rather own Jamie Vardy at that price. He's uh well that's we bad. talked that's what we thought we we discussed that before. That's this, perfectly valid, but Vardy's only scored five more points this season than Firmino. I this is it. his performance so far is Rondon esque. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> From a that, couple years ago. That's <laughs> one of the most true statements been said today. Uh, that is fact. Well, look. Another another issue you saw creeping up midweek was Coutinho out of nowhere, uh, who I'm sure was a popular transfer target going into the midweek, and then only to find out that he had an adductor, an adductor issue, which is groiny thigh-y. Uh, he's still a doubt going into the going into the Champions League well, match. Well, they're hosting Maribor. They don't need there, it. He's not going to play. They've uh, dropped seven on Maribor in Slovenia. I think they're going to be fine without him. Sure. And Isn't Klopp it? said, you know, he said they're going to field a strong squad. If, uh, and no matter what, if they can, they will. Uh, I just can't imagine that's going to include Coutinho. However. Well, and the substitutions indicated that in this match. Right. And I don't, I mean, I still, I mean, going into next week, though, I mean, it's just, I mean, this is a really touchy. I mean, it's touchy with him, which is, which kind of stinks because he seemed like he should be fine. If he's healthy, he's he's still ownable, Coutinho. But it's it's been a weird year for him just because of all the Barcelona stuff to start the season, not playing for those first few matches. He's obviously come out with the intention of being attractive to Barcelona still when the window reopens, uh, and that's uh, you know made it possible to own him. But, yeah, it, you've got to bank on good health. Scott, what do you think about we nervous uh, halfway through the match at home 0-0 against a Huddersfield that was parking the bus? Because Liverpool in the past has been has struggled when teams just sit back and literally just keep 10, 10 guys in the box, right? And it looks like that's what Huddersfield planned on coming out to do. Necessarily, judging by past results, was not a bad decision. Liverpool figured out a way to put three on him in the second half, though. Uh, I would think that you would have been – a little nervous when Salah's penalty got saved. Let's talk about that penalty for a second. Uh, he did miss the penalty. 
Uh, still scored four points. Right. But he assisted when Aldum's goal. Correct. And but but that was definitely a hit to miss that penalty. The penalty was called, um, and now the name is escaping me. Who who was pulled back? Was it Firmino whose jersey was pulled? Yeah, it was Firmino. Firmino was grabbed yes. on in the, the corner. Penalty area. Yes, on the corner. His shirt pulled away from his body. He goes to the ground, and and so honestly, it's, when I saw this play happen and I saw the penalty given, I stood up and I clapped at my TV. Yes, you did. You gave a nice slow clap. Absolutely, right? I did. Because if there's anything I've been asking for, it's to clean up on set pieces, yep. the hugging, and the shirt pulling. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now. Because this was a shirt pull that resulted in a penalty kick, whether it was missed by Salah or not, I wanted to give it some kind of special attention on our podcast. Not just to slow clap my TV at home, but to give it the recognition it deserves here. So in order to do that, I decided my fantasy half point, the honorary meaningless fantasy half point this week, is going to referee Kevin Friend for pointing to the spot and awarding that penalty kick. Kudos to you, Kevin Friend. Well, he's the only friend that can replace that can replace George Friend. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> are they are they cousins? I don't know. Hey, okay. what the heck did James Milner do to get off PK duty? Uh, what well, the heck? Klopp had said uh, weeks ago that Salah was the preferred penalty. Yeah. Taker. Well, obviously we just he haven't did a great seen job it at yet. That. This is Milner's what second in a row? I think that he played ninety minutes. King spray a lot. Sure, let's have him take PKs. Well, I'm just... jeez. <laughs> what? You're still on rhino foot from Salah. Am uh, I wrong? Well, I don't know. He no, did get I'm an not. assist, at least. My, that was one of my big debates. He was one of the guys that I thought about bringing in, and as soon as they gave the penalty and I saw that it was saved, I thought, oh, great, that made a good decision. Mm. And then he assists anyway, gets some points, which is good for everybody who still owns him, which is a lot of people. Right. A lot yeah. of people own him. Uh, yeah, and with the fixtures coming up, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a nervous stretch for people who don't own probably him. I would think him more than anyone. That next seven, it, it, I mean, there's a lot of matches in there, or eight or so, that you if, say, man, that is some tasty matchups. Scott's winning the bet currently. He and I have had a bet on, on Salah or Coutinho over the next, like, Three, was it? I think it was three. It was three matches. Oh yeah, Salah is totally before, winning this bet for me. Well, Coutinho didn't play now, right? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, Mister King spray a lot. Spray a lot. Salah is what I'll from, from now on <laughs> forever call him. He he sprays the penalty and, and misses it. Coutinho didn't play. Doggone it! But you know, technically, you're, you're on your way to winning the bet. Do you care about Huddersfield at all? In any way? In any aspect? No. Okay. Continuing to drop off the face of the earth. Watford nil, Stoke won the lone goal from Darren Fletcher. Honestly, there were about 75 seconds worth of highlights in this match, and 60 of them were dedicated to Troy Deeney grabbing Joe Allen's face like he was either going to rip it off or plant an amazing kiss on it. Now that is some, you you talk about cojones. That's some suspense there. Grabbing Joe Allen by the face. Violent that conduct takes some guts. received a charge of violent conduct. He yep. may be suspended for he three is. matches. Three match ban. Issued and accepted. I say that not only does that give Andre Gray a bump for the next three weeks. Nah. This goes back to <laughs> I think you get back to the next three weeks of 
of Richarlison that is destroying right. the 18-yard box. You are absolutely – that's exactly what I was going to say. The thing that I keep picturing with Watford is that their, their midfielders are running past their forwards to get into goal-scoring opportunities. That's yeah. what I – it's what I keep like, – I know that's not entirely true, but that's just what it seems like because it's Richarlison and Decore who are getting the opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's not Dini and well, it's not Gray. And also, you can go back through and look. I, I, I'm not going to get in too much into it, but when you look at it, go back through. Dini obviously didn't start and hasn't played a ton of minutes through you know through a lot of this season. It's only recently that he's been doing you know been been out there a lot. It hasn't mattered with Richarlison who the center forward was, whether it was Gray or whether it was Richarlison Dini. missed chances again in this match. Yes, he did. He missed. He missed probably. But he continues yeah. to get into scoring positions. If he continues on his wastefulness, don't think that I won't consider renaming. Are you things. only being softer just, on Richarlison than Salah because he's three pounds cheaper? Maybe. Okay. Probably. That's fair. But Richarlison has just missed chances. Salah gets himself in amazing chances and just has a touch of a rhino. So I'm just saying, listen to this, though. This is mind-blowing. Watford had 70. First of all, things you won't see much, probably the rest of the year, Watford having 70% possession on anyone. Okay. Secondly, how do you have 70% possession and zero shots on target in Scott? Technically, this is spray a lot silage. Fifteen shots total, zero on target with seventy percent possession. Yeah, that right there. If it's not the stat of the week, should be the stat of the week. That is mind blowing. What a weird game. Yeah. Um, was Oprah the 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 official in the match? I think she was. <laughs> she was saying, what? "You get a yellow card, and you get a yellow card." <laughs> Eight yellow cards. All in the second half. Eight Honestly, come on. You go to Watford Stoke, you expect to see some yellow. Uh, yeah, of course. Brian, you've been high on Stoke. I mean, the Watford kids, sure. Look, the worst <laughs> part of it is everyone of fantasy Premier League significance got in a this yellow. match got a yellow card. <laughs> of course. Every of course single person. Duf, off fire. Duf <laughs> is no longer on fire. Shakiri yellow. Dini, yellow. Richarlison, yellow. Of course. Every I think Ducore did Ducore get one? You can do, you can check on that. Almost every single guy got a yellow. And then Stoke was the most likely, I would assume, of anyone to own a, a defender in this match. It seems like the most likely ownership as far as defense would go is Watford defenders. And Stoke scores. So to me, Who's how many people? Uh, I feel like there was at least somebody in our league that started a Stoke defender. I can't remember who. I feel like I scanned through the teams Did, at really? some point. Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure. I mean that's gutsy. I mean get, considering what c- c- Stoke scoring nothing or just a goal here and there going to Watford, who's been. Uh, a bit electric, so. Decore uh, Brian did, did get a yellow. Yeah, I mean, did Holobos? If he didn't, that's like, I mean, that's like an. Uh, I mean, Believe it or not, Holobos did not get a yellow. An angel got its wings. That's great. <laughs> uh, Shakiri with the assist on Fletcher's goal. Yeah, uh, Brian, you've been high on Stoke. Man, they get the win, but Darren Fletcher scored the goal. I know. No Duf. No Shupo Moding. Shupo Moding got a yellow card in this one too. Of course he did because uh, he has no, somewhat he, of a fantasy relevance. He, yeah, he's a fa- he is. Fa- but Shakiri keeps being pretty good. I mean, 
Well, Shakiri's always been good. He just oh, can I never know. start more well, than multiple he, hey two man, or three games in a row. Well, he's been doing it this season. He's missed that one. Other than that, he's been out there for almost every minute. He's been he's been really steady this season. So I know I know you're rolling the dice <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Exploding hammy can happen at any minute to to Shakiri, but so far this season he's been great. Burnley won Newcastle nil. Jeff Hendrick with the lone goal in this one. The only thing that matters in this is that Nick Pope had five saves and a clean sheet and two bonus points. As promised, gentlemen, I sold Jordan Pickford. Good work. Did you? And, did, and Pope was your choice? And I bought Nick Pope oh, and I played yeah. him. Yeah. Got the nine points. Yeah, I played you. him. I, I grabbed him in the draft league and played him. I I think this week there's a there's several of those $4.5 guys that are viable starters, Nick Pope being one of them. Rob Elliott has a good matchup. We talked about that already this yeah. week. He's but he's less than four and a half. Honestly, Ben Foster at four and a half is has a decent I think they play Huddersfield this week. So I mean you have you have some viable options, but at this point, Nick Pope, he's still barely over one percent owned. I I mean, this podcast can't really do much more. <laughs> yeah. I can barely do much more to ignore our podcast <laughs> by not owning him. But again, yeah, I got your back, bro. Okay, I got it. Good. One point two percent. Nick Pope is owned. I'm not really sure what it's going to take, except that a goalkeeper seems to be the lowest priority of changes. Uh, I realized something though, and I didn't realize this until after I had confirmed the transfer. I'm maxed out on Burnley players. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> you still have Ben Me? I do not. I have Stephen oh. Ward yeah. okay, slash yeah. Joel Ward slash Scott Ward. Sure, sure. I have them all. And you have a you have a Ward Cleaver. You have a ward. (laughs) I also have Chris Wood, who is stashed away right now because of an injury. Oh, Chris Wood didn't make the roster as as expected. Sam Vokes made the bench. uh, Ashley Barnes. Saw some Ashley Barnes. Uh, Burnley wins again. Tough result, I'm sure, for Newcastle, especially because it was later on. Seemed like another seemed like another shot at nil nil. I was a little disappointed. It felt like that was a this was a bit of a gimme for Rob Elliott too, but. Um, but no, good on Burnley. Hey, uh, is Sean Dice going to go to Everton? Oh well, it's funny you ask that. It's a perfect segue into my manager quote of the week. I know Sean Dice has gotten it, uh, you know, recently, but he's getting it again. When asked about the manager job at Everton, he said, "I just keep going on with my job," which to me means I want to be the manager at Everton. Yeah. I mean, you don't say that. What you say if you want to stay at Burnley is, I'm here and I'm planning to stay. Claire I want to for be life. The, yeah, I want to be the Burnley manager. No, he's like, I'm just going to keep going on with what I'm doing until something else happens. Come on. Sean Dyche will be the manager at Everton very, very soon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you so confident in that? Because if he wants the job, it's his to have, right? I mean, he's an excellent Premier League manager. He's been excellent at Burnley. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not. You're right. I mean, listen. He he has brought Burnley up and has them seventh place. Why are you dogging him all of a sudden? No, 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 I'm just acting like you don't like Sean Dyche. No, okay. I guess my point is: is Everton the a move up that much higher club wise than Burnley? And and I'm sure the answer to that is probably yes, right? Because they're yes. You mean you mean (laughs) in team prestige? In, in team prestige, in, in club in club power rankings, like overall, should, should Dice try to hold on to get a a higher team, or is Everton the exact type of team for him to try to move into? 
Yes, ceiling is high. You've got an owner willing to spend money. You've got players who are who are Europe quality, European yeah. caliber. Yeah, they should be doing well. They're already in a year in you know the Europa League, playing in your Euro, uh, European competition. Even if Burnley stays where they are in the table and go to the Europa League next year, do you really think they're going to be able to handle Europa League on top of the well, Premier League? I'll say this: absolutely not. Everton is there. Burnley is years away from getting there. Yeah, you go there, and you've got a high ceiling because of the finances backing the club and the players who are already there. You just got to figure out the right mix. Someone like Sean Dyche can take little and make much of it. He's doing that right now. He I, can do that at Everton. I just want to say this. When you have a higher quality player, you have to treat them differently. And the reason I say that, like, Zidane comes into Real Madrid never managing before. And all he has to do is manage ego, egos. He's not. He doesn't have to manage maybe some tactics, but pretty much just manage egos. Let those guys go out there because most of them are awesome. Everton's not at that not at that place, right? But what I'm saying is Burnley's players, I feel like, have to be coached up, and he's excellent at that. I'm just wondering, you know, if there's not. I don't think it's just a plug a plug in place. I don't think you can just pull him out and go, oh. Go to Everton. Now you have better players. Now Everton's even going to be better than they were, which they might be better. But what I'm saying is, I don't think it's just that sure. easy. He has Valid. proven that he yes. can he can do a lot with a, a with a little. Yep. He sometimes doing a lot with a lot becomes a little bit more. Dave, you make a valid point. However, I obviously don't know Sean Dyche all that well. Sure. I only know what I am able to see on the on the touchline and in front of the media. Right. He seems to be someone who has the ability to connect with his players. He's got a personality. Sure. Something Ronald Koeman never had. That's true. Something that was lacking, that connection with the players. Yeah. You make a good point about being able to handle a higher quality of player. Uh, totally valid. However, he seems to be a guy who can at least bring something into that dressing room that could connect with his and, players. And, and in fairness, he's never been in a position to handle that higher quality yeah, player. Yeah, you never know until so you do it. So on the same side of the coin, I could yep. say, well, he's never had a chance, so how do I know if he can do it or not? Right? No, yeah, so. absolutely. It is a little bit of a risk. I think that's part of the reason why a lot of a lot of players who came up through the system and a lot of fans, I mean, there's, there's, there's something about the culture at Everton where you've got to be part of Everton to really make that work. Someone... Like a Ronald Koeman who wanted a higher job. He wants Barcelona. That's what he wants. This was a stepping stone into that position. Someone can't come down to Everton and work at Everton. You've got to be someone who can come up into that culture, understand it, make it work. And Sean Dyche maybe doesn't come from within that Everton culture, but he at least understands what it means to be part, like rooted to a club. Because I would say at this point, he's rooted to Burnley. Mm -hmm. He understands what that means and can at least come in with the proper attitude and reverence of the position that the fans and that everyone, all the players, all the youth players, all the all the coaches currently there, everyone, all the all the former players who who are still associated with the club, everyone wants to have uh, as part of the next Everton manager. Brighton won, Southampton won, Glenn Murray. And Stephen Davis putting in the goals. Stephen Davis's goal coming after a, a really nice James Ward-Prowse free kick. In our faces, pot. we're sorry we ever doubted you, Glenn Murray. No, I'm not. I'm not. Well, hold on. Speak for yourself. This guy, two fingers pointing at this guy over here, 
did not doubt Glenn Murray. I said, I think Glenn Murray, championship level, top scorer Glenn Murray. And I know Scott's going to tell me about Andre Gray, and probably he'll know the championship score before that. Glenn Murray's played in the Premier League. I just said, I think if Glenn Murray gets a run of games, he's got this type of potential to score some goals. He's not like a great guy, but I think he's he has a bit of poacher in him where he can he can tap in a goal if here. If you have two fingers pointing at you, that means you have six fingers pointing away from you. <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know the expression you point yeah, the sure. finger at someone, that means there's three pointing back at you. Well, no, oh, yeah. What do you do with it. your thumbs at the same time? Uh, well, I mean, you can shape your hand so that you're pointing all five fingers oh. at yourself yeah. if you want, but yeah, nobody yeah. points that way. All right, sure. Here's the thing. In my opinion, winning the championship's version of the golden boot, scoring the most goals in the championship one season, at it's kind of the equivalent of winning the Heisman Trophy and then entering into the NFL draft the next year. There's no guarantee that just because you were voted college football's best player the previous year, that that's going to make you the most attractive NFL prospect the following season. And I know this is not an NFL football podcast. Sure. Thank but goodness. The championship goal scorer, leading goal scorer, that's the equivalent. It doesn't automatically make you someone who can do the same thing in the Premier League. Didn't yes. you have a ratio for that? Success in lower league than than Premier League? What the success from a lower league translates yeah. into in a in the top yeah. in a in a in the Premier League. I feel like, I feel you like did we did come up with an that. unofficial ratio of sorts. The the stats that you are asking me to provide to you are it's the kind of math that we've never done on this pod before and I don't plan to ever introduce into this pod moving forward. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I actually I actually said in the when the season started you can kind of maybe loosely divide that by 3. Yeah, didn't and you say that, that about my... Aaron Moy? No. Okay. No. I, well, I think let's Aaron Moy... Let's keep getting these conversations wrong. Aaron Moy, though, is the best player on a promoted club, and that means something. But at the same time, in a budget league, Aaron Moy Aaron is not Moy's not better than Pascal Grob. Well, speaking of Pascal Gross, Man, because Grob... we are talking about Brighton here. Sheesh. I'm a little... You, you, you brought up the Kulashinitz conundrum. I got a, I've got a gross conundrum for you. Oh, so let me give you, let me give you a couple things that I learned about Pascal Gross's performances so far this season. Uh, and these uh, numbers are—is he leading the league in assists yet? He's got to be getting there. He's got to be close. There. These numbers are courtesy of the BBC. Uh, Pascal Gross has five assists in the league so far. Only David Silva and Kevin DeBrowna have more with six. To answer your question. Yeah. So immediately I'm thinking, wow, five assists, budget midfielder. That that could be an attractive option. However, here's where the conundrum lies. He's already assisted more goals this season than he did in each of the last two seasons in the Bundesliga. That is interesting. Now, that's not the same thing as created chances. He created the most chances in the Bundesliga. Okay. However, only four assists in each of the last two seasons for what became a relegated club. Uh, and so I don't know what, obviously creating chances doesn't mean fantasy points. 
assists yeah. and goals. That's true. In fantasy points. And, and we said, just like anyone else would have said, where are the goals going to come from from any of the promoted clubs, Newcastle included, because they've seemed, I mean, they, they've struggled to find goals just like anyone else has. Because they haven't been playing Dwight Gale, who led them in scoring well, last well, year. Well, I'm Duh. saying, though, like in the championship glenn murray what i'm saying is glenn murray being able to pick up a few here and there and they had hemed who did not play in this match who is still uh i don't know what's he doing recovering who knows where he is either way i'm not gonna look into it too much do you think we're looking into the third striker for brighton all that uh, it's just that he had that he had that run there where he he picked up some ownership but either way what i'm saying is like he keeps kicking the ball into the right places and someone keeps making it go in the net. So, yeah, yeah it is a conundrum. He seemed like I've, I still feel like I still feel the same as I did last week that anything under $6, as long as this guy keeps, I mean, what if he finishes the season with 10 assists, even if he gets five more the rest of the season, he's probably going to be pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's shown really solid quality. To me, it's a bit of a it's it's a it's a bit of a can't lose. And uh, at under six pounds, I mean, he's probably your fifth midfielder, maybe your fourth midfielder, at least in terms of value. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, you can do worse than having him in your number one slot on the bench. And I got to be honest with you guys, no one has taken a crap on Brighton more than me so far this season. Yeah, that's true. And I, I have to admit. I'm not saying they're going to stay up. It's a long season, but they at least don't suck. They belong. That's true. This season in the Premier League, they they have played like they deserve to and be I, up. And for me to say that, that's and they still have some decent matches upcoming. Yep. Uh, the only there's there's only two things to say about Southampton, which which is already too too many. But <laughs> one, they are headed for an absolute mess of matches coming up. Six of their next eleven matches. Five of them are away. They are Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, Spurs, and United. They play all of those teams away. They play Arsenal at home. That's six of their next 11. At this point, who who even owns a token defender on Southampton? Well, lots of people. Well, you this season, been... lots of people went to, well, I, I, like I know I'm still holding Cedric. Lots of people were jumping on Bertrand. Cedric, who was marking Glenn Murray. On his goal, by the way. I don't know who you want. And the one guy like that, that everyone Brian's had fault. moved to, mostly because of the efforts of this podcast and some others I'm sure out there, and just and just with people with eyes open can see, in a segment we like to call, this is what happens when you bench Maya Yoshida. Mm. Maya Yoshida played zero minutes Breach. in this match after a ton of people went out to get him enough that his price went up. Wow. Yoshida's up to 5.1. Yep. He still I still I still will say forever. He's their best player. Yeah. The only other time he played 0 minutes, Dave, you see it right there? Yep. A 2-0 loss to Watford. Yep. So I'm not saying that they're going to win matches that he's out there. I'm just saying why is he sitting at all? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Mauricio Pellegrino is rigidly holding to a center back rotation. Which he's means got four of them. And he's rigidly yep. holding to it. It doesn't matter who's in form. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. He is rotating center backs. Screw you if you own Maya Yoshida. Hey, check. Every four matches, he's going to sit. Wesley Hoot. And, and Virgil. 
and Van Dyke. Virgil healthy. came into the rotation at the expense of Jack. So Stevens. Hoot and Van Dyke and uh, and and Yoshida are uh, they'll swap around a little bit, I would imagine. Either way, uh, I don't know what you do with them. They don't score goals. They Nothing. Have, Avoid. They, yeah, they don't do anything, and the fact that this match you get a James Ward-Prowse goal and a Steve or an assist on a on a a Stephen Davis goal and a James Ward-Prowse assist. How many people own Stephen Davis, Dave? A few percent, four point five, and that really all, that and, much. And I'm guessing all of that came after he scored that goal. The last time he scored a goal, I mean, even for that price, like. I don't know what you're doing. That is like a fifth defender, that a guy you know is going to play, and, it's you interesting. Put, and you just bench him. I would play Steven Davis in match week 15 because in match week 5, he had 11 points, 3 bonus points. Match week 10, 10 points, 3 bonus points. Match week 15 uh, against... Bournemouth away. I'm playing Stephen Davis. Yeah, that sounds like it's actually a pretty bad. good matchup. <laughs> but that's strategy. one of the only ones in the next 11 <laughs> weeks that you say, yeah, I might play a Southampton player. Sure. But even then. I guarantee you no other fantasy soccer podcast is giving you that you kind that of an right there. <laughs> But I mean, honestly, like, look at that. Are you Look at, the, look at their I know. schedule. It's look all at their red. schedule. Look it's, at the schedule coming it's all red. up. They, it's have like, a lot it's of, they have a lot of matches that you're just going to say, I'm not touching anyone. I'm not putting Fraser Forster in my goal. Yeah. There's not a defender that yeah. I want out of those guys. You know that somebody on their team is going to kick a ball into the nets Maybe. in some match in there. But is it going to be Gabby Adini? Is it going to be Shane Long? Is it going to be Nathan Redmond? It is definitely it gonna, won't be Shane Long. Is it going to be <laughs> Sofian Buffal? Is uh, it going to be anybody? You could James Ward Prowse. Good luck bench. picking. Yeah, no get way. Out, just get off of board. Leicester 2, Everton 0, Jamie Vardy and Damari Gray with the goals for Claude Puel in his first match as Leicester manager. You trust that guy at that, all? No, no. That, that's still sinking into me. I, like That still hasn't registered that, that they brought him on. I, I, it just doesn't make sense. Okay, here, here, very important question, and I'm not making this up. Earlier you said, I'd rather own Jamie Vardy than Roberto Firmino. But now that you remember that Claude Puel is his manager, does that increase Vardy's stock, decrease it, or keep it the same? Well, I would no, say, I, just I th- say the same thing about Mares, who's been great now, well, very good for three straight weeks. I know, and so I was going to bring that up too. Leicester looked a little old Leicester-ish this game. Yeah, they did under Craig Shakespeare when he yeah. first was we oh, said the sa- We said the same thing in the first few weeks when Vardy scored multiple weeks in a row. This looks like old Leicester. I will, is it that? Or is it the fact that they were playing Everton? Because Arsenal looked great against Everton a couple weeks ago, too. So it's like... I will say the one brilliant thing that Claude Puel did, when you have a club like Everton and you know that the issue that they're dealing with is speed, what do you do? You bring Damari Gray in and you let him run wild. And then he had a match. And then you pay off the referee to make sure that Christian Fuchs (laughs) does not get a penalty when he completely clears out. How was that uh, possible? Who was it? Was it Calvert-Lewin's legs? Yes, I think so. Uh, uh, It was so insane. And by the way, the the Damari Gray goal for all of his activity in this match, the Damari Gray goal came because John Joe Kenny took a big old swing and a miss in the spirit of the World Series right now. Swing and a miss with the boot. The ball goes right by him and into that, the net. That's something that I'd see at my son's oh. third third grade soccer match. Well, John Joe Kennedy, Kennedy. John Joe Kenny is 
he's not that far removed from third grade soccer. <laughs> He's young. He's a young kid. I I hate to see a, a, a young guy screw up like that. I'd rather see an old an old crotchety. Troy back Dean, Troy back to my question, out. though, bro. Back to my question. Jamie Vardy stock up, down, or unchanged by Claude Puel's? I don't know. I feel like it's a bit unchanged because the only thing that could rotate is Okazaki, Slimani, Iannaccio. It if he's healthy, like he's playing. Puel can't mess with Vardy. That's the last guy you want to cross. Plus, he kicked the his goal. Like he blasts a goal in with such aggression. I love it. That's uh, just because he's an angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I'll still play him. Listen, Vardy's no. fairly consistent. He's got five goals on the year. He didn't have any assists. But will he continue to be? I mean, think about think about Gabbiadini. What happened to Gabbiadini long in Austin under Claude Puel last year? Sure, but he hasn't been there this year, and has it made a difference? No, Southampton's still not scoring. I don't know. It's the valid. thing that's really frustrating is having to na- having to navigate Claude Puel taking over and then looking at Leicester's schedule. The rest of the season, honest to goodness, their, their schedule every, from now until the very last match of the season is really nicely balanced. They don't really play many of the really the, any of the top teams back to back at all the rest of the season, and they have they have matches that you say like, oh, this is the, every match is winnable. Every match they you, we know what they are. This match, this game, that's good stuff. I'm saying this game was a team that even with a new manager still has enough of their identity intact to be able to destroy a team like Everton that is still. Identityless. Scott, I'll say this: whatever Claude Puel's doing behind closed doors, he he's selling the fact that he's selling himself in, in some manner, saying that hey, whatever you saw at Southampton wasn't what I wanted to do. I had crap players, and we were getting crap results, and/or something. Because to convince Lester to bring you in like that, I just feel like he couldn't have gone on record from last year because it was poor. So whatever he's doing and or whatever he's done in the past is speaking louder than his results last year. And yet I would say Puel was much more defensive with his Southampton squad last year than Pellegrino's been this year. They're just not good this year. Puel, he set up very defensively last year. But maybe he had to to try to get results. Maybe. I, I'm. Maybe he knew that he couldn't score. I mean, they've changed some things this year, and they still can't score. I'm just one person. <laughs> but... <laughs> I will not buy Jamie Vardy it, for the foreseeable future. I'd rather future. own him more than Firmino going On the for, basis for the of foresee- that Puel, now, see, the very fact for me that Claude Puel was announced as manager makes Firmino more attractive again. I would re-buy Roberto Firmino than I would Jamie Vardy at this uh, point. I disagree. Crystal Palace 2, West Ham 2. Wow. Never has a draw felt like such a loss. Uh, Luka Milivojevic with a penalty kick. Wilfried Zaha rewarding those who rushed to buy him. Yep. What a f- this was a, goal a fun at the game. End. Chicharito and Andre Ayew, who's looked good, Dave, for West Ham, put in the goal. I wanted to bring that up, Scott. Yeah, he's right. Scott. But he's playing up front, too. He's starting to, starting to come around to the West Ham player I thought he could be. Yeah. We'll see. It's a long, long season. <laughs> but he is playing up front, and he has thrived. And that goal was That nice. goal was fantastic. Yes. It was absolutely fantastic. If he can pull a few more of those out, that'll be exciting. Um, good that Milivojevic maintained his uh, 
penalty taker position, even with Roy Hodgson. Uh, good if you held on to him all season long no, so far. Not even real. That's not a thing. I Bro, will say, no, though. No, he is, though. But I he will is say, there. though, on the basis of that, this particular penalty, he's going to keep that role. Oh, he yeah. demolished that. Yeah. Joe Hart, guys. Well, we knew that about him, though. That's the thing. That was yeah. what made him slightly attractive at the start of the season. He was so the fact that he was a PK taker. No, he, he, went from, he went from, hey, maybe, to <laughs> never no, in a million years. He's so years. unattractive that I'm not even going to try to learn how to spell his name to look up his numbers. Oh, uh, we will have... We did a how to say on him. Nope. Yeah. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> You can't shush. Hey, can hey, we, can't can shush we, facts. We are at the very end of our pod here. Last match. Yeah. We have an award to give out. We have waited this entire podcast. Sure. I'm not ready out. to give that out yet. Listen. All right. Joe Hart. Brian's not either. This was such a fun game to oh. watch. Joe Hart had some amazing saves in this How match. Did you watch this? This saves. match also had like a, a ball, Brian, that for the most part bounced. It didn't bounce on the underside of the bar and not go in, but it bounced on the inside of the post and didn't go in. It This game had so much drama in it, so much end-to-end shots and whatnot. This was like, this might have been one of the funner games of the weekend to watch. Which is crazy, considering they're both championship Both caliber. teams <laughs> were playing hungry. Like, I felt yeah. bad for Slavin Bilic, because his guys definitely were playing what felt like to me very hard for him, and or for themselves or whatever. But bottom line is, no one was slacking around. Palace was definitely playing, not slacking around. For about 20 seconds, there was one player who was slacking around. Tell me about that player, Scott. Well, he takes the ball into the corner of the pitch with 15 seconds to play. Mm. And why, but, but why would he do that, Scott? Well, you would think that he would try to kill off the clock. Oh, In okay, fact, so he was on, he had the, the lead. It, it, this his club had, had the, the lead, yeah. Okay. His club had the lead. And he takes the ball into the corner of the pitch. There really aren't many players. Like, there's a couple of players coming toward him, but they're not immediately, like, on him. So he had the ability to kill off several more seconds. Sure. Potentially the match is over if he can hold on to the ball. He's kind of a big player, a strong player. He is a big, strong player. Like, so he could just kind of, like, just make sure that the one guy. He could probably use his body to shield, you know, for several more seconds after that. The picture's getting really clear for me right now. Yeah. Instead, what he decides to do is... Kick the ball into the six-yard box. It's chested by the defender towards the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper sends it down the pitch. Long story short, Wilfried Zaha collects and scores it with... Like the last kick of the game? It's just about the last kick of the game. Quite honestly, I mean, it it wasn't a shot because he kicked it into the six-yard box at a defender. But it was essentially, definitely a cross. Was it, it was shass? absolutely a cross. Was it the shot pass? A shot no, pass? he was definitely aiming towards it. Look, I think it was IU that but, he was aiming. But there, at. he was nowhere near. I mean, there's no reason to take that cross. No, none, none whatsoever. And so, because of that, we're giving away the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week award to Mikhail Antonio, this guy we've been talking about. On the basis of a completely a unnecessary pride favorite, cross. by the way, Mikel Antonio. Completely brainless. Completely brainless. Like, he's a good dude, too. He has good celebration dances when he scores. Well. He, this was the most brainless thing he's probably ever done on a, soc- on a football pitch. Agreed. And Sorry. it cost two points. It might have cost the manager's job. Maybe that's what he wanted. I have no substantiation. Oh that is so well, 
you know, only Brian would you, say something. You come like back that. against Spurs, and all of a sudden things are looking great after the Carabao Cup. Then you're you're winning two one against Crystal Palace, and what probably is a do or die at that point. You know, getting to almost every match is do or die for Billich, and then it gets blown. Now they have to play Liverpool with a lot of defensive problems. They have a lot of problems. And if you want to make this the bridge into a very short injury roundup, we can. Let's do it. Howdy, partners. It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pablo Zabaleta picked up enough red or yellow cards to get a suspension, so he will not be per- participating in West Ham's match against Liverpool. James Collins might be available, but has had an ankle injury. Winston Reed was not in the match because he had a calf injury. Uh, Jose Font leaves the match with a foot injury. This is not good. But it's the same old story. Yes, it's not good for them. And it's at Liverpool, and and that is... uh, And it's London Stadium, and it's just everything. Yeah, and it's everything. Um, It's great to be a Reds fan. No, as far as the other injuries, obviously, we already talked about Harry Kane... I mean, we'll we'll see. Tomorrow's a big day. Wednesday, Real Madrid is a big day to see if he can if he gets time at all. And uh, either way, it's much more optimistic than it was before. Um, hold on, please. Uh, we can mention, I guess, again for Crystal Palace. The reason why I think we you know we had said that Christian Benteke was nowhere near, and then he said that he was improving and felt like his his knee was getting better. Only to find out again now that he had a training setback and is still probably, according to Roy Hodgson, four or five weeks out. Fine. Give me more Zaha. More Zaha. And and, uh, hopefully that means also he and Loftus-Cheek were good together. Zaha had six shots in that match, which was really awesome. Um, We said Coutinho. I mean, we kind of keep an eye on it. I think there's probably no way you uh, you see him tomorrow, but... I mean, it's still worth monitoring because uh, the the injury last week came out of nowhere, uh, as injuries are wont to do uh, this season and every season. Uh, Craig Dawson, you guys care about Craig Dawson? No. Eight weeks, man. Even if you don't care about him, that's eight weeks of no Craig Dawson for West Brom. Not like that is any huge difference to whatever it is that they have going on It might on be there. a boost to the offenses that they play against. Uh, again, reminder, Angola Conte could be back before the international break. We'd expect to see him back sooner than later. We went through all of the injuries in Bournemouth, which is very sad. And uh, and uh, Chris Wood, uh, we'll keep an eye on his hammy or whatever it was that kept it. <laughs> what a way to end it. Whatever his injury was, <laughs> we'll monitor it. Hey, uh, I got one more thing uh, oh, geez. that we didn't cover. Deli Ali continues to sort of slide down the list of fantasy performers and is now tied with Riyad Mahrez for 10th. Riyad Mahrez, who has had three uh, three excellent weeks of an 8, 10, and a 6. Something to keep your eye on, just saying. Okay. Hey, uh, Scott, people can find us at FantasySoccerFC.com and at FantasySoccerFC on Twitter. Is this correct? That is correct. All right. Listen, guys. Please take time to rate us on iTunes. That'd be fantastic. It helps other people find us accidentally, like DraftKings and others who love to tweet at us accidentally. Just do it when your system works, please. That's it. That's it. 
Hey, listen, for the Fancy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.